Good morning, it's April 13th, 2021. Let's have a short word of prayer. Oh God, I come to you because your country is in a mess. We see your face right now, oh God, to help us through these troubling times. Well, God, within the last two weeks, there have been so many shootings. People getting killed and hurt. Traffic stops on black men again. And Lord, we pray to you, not for men to just love each other, but also for them to change first, because that's the only successful way he'll be able to love each other. Lord God, put your hand over man. Don't want him to commit any more murders during this time frame. Lord, you can step violent right now. We believe. We know that you can. We're hoping that you will. Lord God, we know things have to get bad in this country. But Lord, we're still coming against that which is not right in your eyesight. We pray in Jesus' name that we still keep pressing on no matter what. Amen. The name of this episode is called I Don't Believe He Brought Me This Far to Leave Me. I don't believe He brought me this far to leave me. Now, baby boomer gospel media listeners will remember these words as part of a James Cleveland song called I Don't Feel No Way Side. Now, I'm not here to talk about James Cleveland or his personal life or nothing like that. Just listen to the tale itself. I don't believe he brought me this for us to leave me. Many of us have been on this follow of Christ journey for a long time. Or for a while now. Even if you're fairly young, you've probably had a good share of ups and downs. But guess what? There's a lot more to go. Psalms number 34, verse 19, when New King James says, Many are the afflictions of the righteous. But the good news is, but the Lord delivers him or her out of them all. So there's going to be many, but God is going to love you out of them all. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 12 in the NIV says, In fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. So it's not if you're going to get persecuted, if you're going to have afflictions. afflictions. Yes, you are. If you're going to live a godly life in Christ, you're going to have it. And if you're righteous, many are the afflictions of the righteous. But the good news is, God delivers them out of them all. I don't know when. He's going to do it for you, but he's going to do it. If you're saved. Now, you probably have your own list of trials and tribulations and afflictions. Well, I'm no different. I had one divorce. 
the death of a second spouse. I've had many folks live with me, which disrupted my privacy over the years. Constant mortgage troubles. And then spiritual ups and downs that included that usual feeling of, you know, do I fit in this follow of Christ race at all? Do I fit in this race? You get the message? But through all that, if God is with you, he's more than a whole world against you. Romans 8 and 31. God has allowed us to have our fair share of suffering, which we have to have during the journey. It's not pleasant, but it's the only way to grow. Now here's 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 12, from the King James. If we suffer, we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, he will also deny us. Yet, still, don't let the devil lie to you, saints, and tell you that your life has been in vain. See, in our finite mind, it feels that way at times. But Paul wants us to remember this. In Galatians chapter 3, verse 4, he says, Have you experienced so much for nothing? Surely, it was not in vain, was it? Listen to that again. Have you experienced so much for nothing? Surely it was not in vain, was it? And, it's, and also in First Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58 of the NIV, he says, Therefore, my brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourself fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Sure feels like it sometimes, but uh, God's keeping tabs. Now, that James Fielding song may be entitled, I Don't Feel Nowhere Tired, but I find myself growing tired of feeling like I'm not growing in the Lord or helping anyone get closer to God. And it can be frustrating. However, at the same time, there's a pulling on the inside of me that won't let me quit. These are two opposing forces that I work at work 24-7. Excuse me. <clears throat> so hard to breathe because I just made some maple sausage and that smell is all over the place. The one thing to throw out my hands because I see no results is present. But also the spirit of perseverance and persistence is present too. That's why it's important to stay in the Lord and with his word. Oh yes, in prayer. Also, now what does this say in Galatians 5 and 16? All right, here's Galatians chapter 5, verse 16 from the complete Jewish Bible. What I am, this is Paul again, what I am saying is this, 
run your lives by the Spirit, then you will not do what your old nature wants. The promise. Run your lives by the Spirit of God, of course. Then you will not do what your old nature wants. He said, will not. Not might not, will not. Verse 17 goes on to explain that the old nature and the new nature are contrary to each other and will fight each other. The old nature doesn't want to do God's will. And the new nature wants to do what is right. Now, I got to say this. Don't get me wrong. I don't want to quit this race and forget about Jesus. I just get frustrated. I feel like anything I do or say for the Lord is only hitting the wind. Like, I hope this is not hitting the wind. I hope this is to get into somebody's heart and mind. But for all of us in the Lord, remember, I don't believe he brought me this far. They don't leave me. St. Matthew 10 to 28, verse 20b, the New King James. Jesus says, And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. Now, in these times, it's not easy to keep a smile on the face. You know that. We may smile on the outside, but we're miserable on the inside. Proverbs chapter 14, verse 13 from the NLC says, Laughter can conceal a heavy heart, but when laughter ends, the grief remains. Now, keep in mind, the Lord knows everything about us. Everywhere in the Bible or scriptures, whatever ails you, it's not alcohol, drugs, sex, or other thrills. Those are only temporary. You have to do them over and over again to get the thrill, while at the same time, you're destroying your body in the process. People may want to argue that marijuana, let's say, can't destroy our body. Why do you think a drunkard will not inherit the kingdom of God? Your mind is intoxicated, and you need your mind to serve the Lord. I'm just trying to put it down common sense, that's all. Now, since marijuana alters the mind and makes you high, you're in no better position than a drunk person to serve the Lord. Case closed. A clear mind, that's good. All altered mind is bad. There's no yeah but in this. Yeah but, no, no, none of that. Yeah but would include the question of medicinal purposes. God is not stupid. Any healing purposes in cannabis would leave out any mind altering effects. But we listen to whatever we want. But as of October 2020, there's no overwhelming evidence that shows that you have to have the high ingredient THC in order for medicinal marijuana to work. Excuses, excuses, excuses. Because all I'm talking about 
Is having an open mind okay of serving the Lord? The answer is no. So why take it any further? That's what I'm asking. Is having an open mind okay for serving the Lord? No. Case closed. When Jesus was on the cross and he was offered wine mixed with gall, he refused to drink it. Why? The gall has the intoxicating effect that would mentally ease the pain of crucifixion. Jesus, Jesus would not take anything that could offer their faculties and ease the pain of dying. He chose to suffer for all of us in his fullness. Now the second drink was just vinegar. He accepted that, then he died. Alright, that was a sidebar so we can keep pressing on the Lord. But if there's any relation between the two, it's that while going through your troubles, don't let anyone fool you into thinking that the answer to your problems is to hide them behind alcohol, drugs, and premarital sex. The question that has been asked over the centuries hasn't changed. Only nowadays, people not only ask for questions, but they take matters into their own hands. Will non-rooted people give up altogether? Excuse me. What's the question? Well, Psalms 13.1 for the NLT says, Oh Lord, how long will you forget me? Forever? How long will you look the other way? So the same questions people ask today, they asked back then. Now this is from Habakkuk chapter 1, verse 2 to 4 from the NLC. He says, How long, O Lord, must I go for help? But you do not listen. Violence is everywhere. I cry, but you do not come to save. Must I forever see these evil deeds? Why must I watch all this misery? Wherever I look, I see destruction and violence. I'm surrounded by people who love to argue and fight. The law is paralyzed, and there is no justice in the courts. The wicked far outnumber the righteous, so that justice has become perverted. Now, that was written a long time ago. Does that sound up to date? People say, oh, the Bible's not up to date. That's because you're not reading it. Listen to this again. It's Habakkuk or Habakkuk, however you want to say it. Chapter 1, verses 2 to 4 for the NLT. He says, How long, O Lord, must I call for help? But you do not listen. Violence is everywhere. I cry, but you do not come to save. Must I forever see all these evil deeds? Why must I watch all this misery? Wherever I look, I see destruction and violence. I'm surrounded by people who love to argue and fight. The law is paralyzed, and there is no justice in the courts. The wicked far outnumber the righteous so that justice has become perverted. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 
Now his story was he was seeing all this violence going on. And he's like, where's the Lord? The Lord had a plan though. He was gonna bring somebody worse than what Israel was doing to take over Israel. Some ruthless people. He was gonna let them take over to try to snap Israel back into their right mind to follow him. So a lot of the stuff that's going on today, you see he said violence is everywhere. What do we have today? Violence is everywhere. He said, I cry, but you do not come to save. It doesn't seem like God is doing anything right now, but let things get worse. He said, must I forever see these evil deeds? A lot of people are asking that same question. I don't know how to keep looking at this mess. Well, for one thing, turn off the news. Why must I watch all this misery? Turn off the news. <laughs> Wherever I look, I see destruction and violence. Turn off the news. I'm surrounded by people who love to argue and fight. Oof, is that Washington, D.C.? The law is paralyzed, and there is no justice in the courts. Even back then, there was no justice in the courts. So how much so now? The wicked far number the righteous, that's always going to be. So that justice has become perverted. So even if you're the innocent person, you're usually going against a courtroom full of people who aren't with you. But God, if God is with you, he's born the world against you. Here's Job, chapter 23, verse 89 of the NLT. Job saying, now this all has to do with, you know, Lord, where are you? How long are you going to forgive me? Here's the third person saying something. I go east, but he's not there. I go west, and I cannot find him. I do not see him in the north, for he is hidden. I look toward the south, but he is concealed. Now many of us can relate. I know I can. North, south, north, south, east, or west. Where is he? How long, Lord? I know you exist. I know you exist, but where's deliverance? Do I have to wait until I die to get deliverance? How long must I look in the already depraved world, getting increasingly more removed from you? Well, guess what? There's a verse in the Old Testament that tells us that we have to evaluate ourselves hmm. and see if we can handle things as they get worse. Here's Jeremiah chapter 12, verse 5, the NIV. If you have raced with men on foot, and they have worn you out. How can you compete with horses? If you stumble in safe country, how will you manage in the thickets by the Jordan? And say, what does that mean? Well, I know you know what the first part means. If you have raced with men on foot, and they have worn you out, how can you compete with horses? So if little things happen now, 
Makes you want to quit and give up. What's going to happen when they get worse? When things get worse? You know, 2019, up to even February 2020, we wasn't thinking about no pandemic. But come March 2020, bam, here it comes. All these shutdowns, the lockdowns, and uh, social distancing that was going on. So you never know what's around the corner. And then the second part of this verse says, if you stump on safe country, how will you manage the thickest by the Jordan? So if you're in a safe country, or a quote-unquote free country like America, I did air quotes on purpose. <laughs> if you stumble here, well, you don't have to worry about a coup. You don't have to worry about uh Boko time busting down your door and snatching your daughters away. You don't have to worry about that in America. Or if you, if well, nobody's going to cruise now. But if you was on the Indian Ocean, you'd have to worry about poverty. But saying now, if you're falling down when none of that's going on, and you can't even handle nothing going on, how are you going to manage in the thickest part of Jordan? of us to say the swelling of the Jordan, Jordan River. So in other words, if you was in the thickets, if you was out there with the tall grass and everything and the big bushes, and you was by the rivers of Jordan, suppose the Jordan swelled up and started overflowing. How are you going to deal with trying to get away from the water and you stuck in the bushes? You can't even deal with stuff when there's nothing going on how you gonna manage if, if Jordan starts overflowing and you're stuck in the bushes? See, we gotta understand that. That's why I can never understand people say, oh, okay, I'll get saved during tri- tribulation. No, you won't. If you knew the tribulation dealt, you if you can't even handle things now, you can't even pray now, you can't even read your Bible now, you can't even pray with the other saints now. You can't even get on Zoom and do something now. For even just a little hour. Then how are you going to manage with the horses? How are you going to manage in the thickest by the Jordan? Now that's something good for all of us to consider. Which is how much can we handle? See, if you're not saved... Unfortunately, even if society tells you you're a champion and you're indestructible, it's not true. We're all human beings who bleed red blood and are very capable of dying. Are the cries of you're a champion, are they more of a pep talk, or are they reality for all of us? Without God, we can do nothing. Tells you in St. John 15 and 5. Without God, we can do nothing. I know you know what nothing is. Now, since for the most part, we reject God as a nation, the emphasis has become us solving the country's problem, being a great person, and not letting anyone who's now outside 
tell us anything. Well, if that's the case, can you spell disaster? If you're saved, be ready to compete with horses from here on in. Expect one to be quiet of you, even if you don't understand. I'll say that again. If you are saved, be ready to compete with horses from here on in. Expect more to be required of you, even if you don't understand. The Lord didn't go on the cross for nothing. He didn't die for nothing. He wasn't resurrected for nothing. And since he wants as many people as in his preordained number to be saved. Oh, excuse me. The saints are his hands and feet. Jesus isn't coming back down here to walk the dirty earth again. He did his job and went back to the Father. So he left to his saints to be his hands and feet. Now, if we're trying to use Jesus as a genie in a bottle, to get financial gain and fame, well, we're barking up the wrong tree. One of my constant prayers is that the church wakes up. Can we wholeheartedly believe that he didn't bring us this far to leave us? That implies you've had rough patches, but you're still standing. Now, if you're mingling with a world that's fading away, and it is, then do your conscience clear enough to look forward to another day? These may be hard questions. Excuse me. But I'm not asking them just to be asking. I'm blowing the trumpet to alert us of two things. Number one, get close to his spirit. And number two, we have to realize that none of us have mountains and mountains of time left. His love and his justice is real is available to us. Don't choose one over the other. Coming from God, don't worry. Both are good and just. Don't choose his love over his justice and think you're going to go tiptoeing through the tulips back to heaven. And at the same time, don't beat people up with his justice you know that you're going to hell, you're going to hell, you're going to hell. And you never talk about his love. Every, almost every time I get on here, I talk about having to have a balance. You have to project God's love because that's what it's all about. But at the same time, you have to pull people off the fire. The Bible tells you, pull people off the fire. Sometimes you have to do it with just or love and compassion, sometimes you have to be a little bit sterner. If that's a word, you have to be more stern and pull them off the fire. And that's in Jude. So it's not all lovey-dovey and it's not all you're going to hell. You gotta have both. So I don't believe one man's far leave me. Yeah, I may feel like I'm in a cocoon well, I'm not going to be there forever. So remember, and the same with you. 
I hope you stay blessed and stay in the Lord and get close to the Lord. I just said get close to His Spirit. Don't let anything pull you away from the Lord. Now is not the time. As the world gets worse, we have to get better. Stay encouraged in the Lord. I don't believe He brought me this far to leave me. It's not over yet. God bless you.